Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. I was never gonna fall too fast, get in too deep, then get stuck in the past, get sad when your song comes on, get mad that I can't move on, oh I'm smarter than You can't outsmart love To Cupid's bow, we're all just sitting ducks You'll never win, the heart gets what it wants Oh, you can't outsmart love Ripping pictures of us off the wall Breaking down And welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Bronte Falls with Outsmart Love. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hey, you know what I just realized? What? Every time we start this show, we say hi to each other, but we never say hi to the audience. Well, isn't that like the, isn't that like the third or fourth wall? Like you're not really supposed to break that barrier type thing. Well, why not? Let's break this wall. No, so we have to say hello to the audience out there. So hello, audience out there. Hello, everyone. So if you're out there listening, my hello right now, hello, is hello. to you. Yeah, I, I think it's a good practice. Uh, they yes. always used to say when, when I was in radio for a very brief period, they always used to say, imagine, you know, the people out there listening um, and, you know, as, as you're broadcasting. Actually, speaking of people who were listening, we did get some clarification from Fonzie and company, which was our artist last week about who oh. Fonzie actually is. Mm. I'm right. There's a guy named Fonzie. There's it's a guy nickname. named Fonzie. It was his nickname growing up in London. So that's kind and, of how the name of the band came about. it's his company. Yeah. Oh. Oh. But he gave us rave reviews. 
Oh, cool. They enjoyed it, huh? So outsmart love. Hey, little girl. I like that. I like that song. You know, you know what? I, also, I'm getting getting sick of like my saying like it's got a good vibe. <laughs> no, but like, you know, so you know, I was thinking we should, you know, like they should have, you know, two thumbs up, three thumbs up, four tomatoes. Why don't we have like our own little rating system, like three pierced ears or or or, or like that's that's two pierced ears. We always said we were not going to have this. This show was not going to be about our opinions of the uh, music that we featured. Oh, here. because we're not opinionated, right? Well, we, I mean, I think we have opinions. I've had to like bite my tongue on numerous occasions. As I as have, have no, you. I have no opinion. Yeah, uh, and as has Nicole. But I, I think that uh, we don't. Nobody needs a review of their music. You know, I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody needs a review I think of it. they all need a review. <laughs> no, I don't. I think that people make music because they want to say I something think we to should the world. Have and... Carl's Corner. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good music for Carl's Carl. Review Corner yeah. with Greg. <laughs> Thank you. I've... Do I get a sound or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> get your own sound. <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the first track that we listened to. Um, I'm thinking that uh, I like the name too, Bronte Fall. I think that's, that's I cool. think she it, it's from an Emily Bronte poem, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It is. So, and so. it also is the Bronte family. I believe they're a bunch of siblings as well. So it's kind of an ode to that kind of genre and what they what that novelist was also writing. I like Cupid's arrows, like sitting ducks. That was kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, today's not the day to talk to me though about love, though. I don't. Know, I think love is pretty stupid, quite honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I think it has, you know, or we're pretty stupid, you know. Um, anyway, I I was reading a book today. Uh, it's called Dopamine Nation. I don't know if you if you've heard of it, but uh, I think I have. Yeah, it's the it's, it's really fascinating. And fact is that we're all just kind of victims of our physiology and victims of our brain chemistry you know and and love has a lot to do with brain chemistry so, so are you saying carl doesn't have any chemistry in his brain no i'm saying that uh, we try to imagine ourselves in a in a in a state of homeostasis and uh it's hard to stay there it's like a teeter-totter you know all i know is the most the two most abused and misused words in, in the English language. And, and and in reality, they mean the same thing, is God and love. You know, um, I think they're just misused and I forget it. Don't get me started about words today. <laughs> uh, well, actually, speaking of both of those misused words, something that happened this last week, which, I mean, most people are familiar with, is Taylor Swift re-released her own version of her album Red so that she now has the rights to those masters. Well, for the rec- for the sound recording. So the way this used to work is you recorded your own songs, particularly if you were the writer on them, and then you had everybody that you could imagine that you would service a recording to, uh, radio, television, primarily radio, you would reservice all those broadcasters with your versions of the songs. Whether or not that sticks or whether or not it's still uh, an important thing to do as far as money is concerned, who knows? At this point, who knows? I think it's uh, newsworthy, and I think it's interesting that she has done this, but 
you used to do it to gain a little bit of leverage back and in owning your own masters. I don't even know if that's a thing now. I mean, she just decided, well, I'll, I'll just re-record good for, everything. Good for her. I like her. She's got, she's got spunk, that chick. I like her. Yeah, man. She's, um, she's so absolutely. Bad, but, and then she did, and so she re-released it with so a couple she, of different no, changes. She, re- she re-released it, and it's her version of Red um, in the sense of she put a couple spins on some things. She added a few things. She extended one of her songs all too well to 10 minutes, which everyone watched on SNL this weekend. I thought it was great. I, I actually thought it was great. Nicole, so when everybody imaginable re-recorded, they recreated the recordings right down to like the board settings. Mm-hmm. Has she done that? I haven't heard these new so recordings. So she re-recorded it. She put her own twist on it in in the sense of it's not a hundred percent the same of what. She so they're different out. versions. Different, okay, different versions, and it, it, the okay. "All Too Well" song, which is the one that she sang on SNL, the original one was like five minutes long, and this one's ten minutes. So she extended that song. What guy was that about? You know, Jake Gyllenhaal. Know? That was about Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. So back in 2010, they dated for like three months, but I mean, she was obviously 11 years younger, but it really took a toll on her heart, and it's been something that people have alluded to during the SNL like in weekend update mm-hmm. the guy says well one thing we learned don't ever break up with taylor swift or she'll sing a 10 minute song on, on national television about it mm-hmm. you know so no that's true a lot of her songs are written about the people dear that john. break up with her dear john and she has a way with words telling people like how she's been wronged in love which actually goes back to carl what you were talking about how <laughs> love has outsmarted you but i think well, it i don't think she's everyone. been wrong I, I i think she dates the wrong guy Guys, what's she doing dating Jake Gyllenhaal? Well, she dated him. She dated a Jonas, I believe. She dated Harry Styles for a little bit. Yeah, like she's she's had her- Will Ferrell, I think she dated. Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> I, 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 I feel so out of touch. I don't know who half of these people are. And, you Ernest know, Borgnine. Taylor Swift's love life. Taylor Swift's love life is like so far from my Taylor from my Swift purview, Taylor Swift and Ernest Borgnine. Just <laughs> you like that? Did you? I love it. That was perfect. <laughs> and Nicole doesn't know who it I have is. No right? idea who that is. Like, no. <laughs> you don't know who Ernest Borgnine is? No, I have to Google. Mikhail's Navy. God, we were talking before the podcast about feeling old, and that makes me feel old, Nicole. Oh, I know who he is. <laughs> I Google. Yeah, I I know who he is. You won an Oscar. <laughs> no, I know, but like a lot of the stuff he's been in was before I was born. Or I, I was think, just born. I think uh, when Taylor Swift was like sixteen or seventeen, I think they went out a, a time or mm-hmm. two. Right, Caesar Romero. <laughs> Caesar Romero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was in All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is off. The- so what are yeah. we doing here? Anyway, you want to want to keep talking? You want to play music? We do what you want to do. No, let's I'm play some music. Talking. Yeah, I'm sick of talking. So this song is about, I guess, the state. I think so. Indiana. That's my home state. You know, I'm from I'm from Indiana. I'm a Hoosier. You know. You're from Indiana. I Evansville, am. right? No, Jefferson. Oh, uh, okay. Which is across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. And you always tell people if you live in Jeffersonville that you're from Louisville. Gotcha. I actually just Louisville. sent a package to Jeffersonville, Indiana you today. You did? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
I might know that person. You might. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, everyone. So we are going to listen to Bronte Falls single Indiana. But before we listen to that, we're going to get to know her management company a little bit better, which is AGD Entertainment. So we'll see you on the flip side. This episode features an artist from AGD Entertainment. AGD Entertainment, at the forefront of innovation in the ever-changing music industry. They educate and inspire their clients with their knowledgeable team of industry professionals and through community collaboration, cultivate a fun environment with an emphasis on respect, creativity, and relationships. If you are a music artist and you're looking for artist management or career development opportunities, AGD Entertainment is the place for you. To learn more, go to agdentertainment.com. That is agdentertainment.com. No. 
Yeah, she's got her own kind of thing going on. It's kind yeah, of right. Cool. She has her own little style. It's cool. She does. It's she calls it a pop meets Americana. The greatest use of the word Indiana in a song has to be Tom Petty's. Uh, she grew up in an Indiana town, had a good looking mama, never was around. I was not a big Tom Petty fan, so. Oh, you weren't? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Tom Petty, but I don't know great, that song. Great song. I did see you know, him in my intempered youth, but not a huge, huge fan. You know what I find? We're so dissatisfied with our lives at present, and we always look, you know, the nostalgic mindset. We always look back to, you know, when we were younger and it was better, we had more fun. It was this, you know, and I think it's, I think it's just, it's baloney. I think I, you know why? Cause I remember there was this day I was in, um, yeah, this apartment on first Avenue and 76th street back in the, in the early nineties. But I remember sitting in this chair in this apartment and I was miserable. I was miserable that I remember sitting there going, I'm miserable. I remember saying that at the time. Now I look back, I pine and all those days were great. I wish I can go back to those days. My, my life is 10 times better now. But but it's but we go oh but back yeah. in the days so when we were young my life wasn't that delicate as a kid it was fun I did stuff but what is that you think that pining well that I, think, I think there's just certain times in your life where maybe you're not necessarily in a good place and you look back to times when you were happy and you were carefree and in maybe a better mindset than you are I now think and we just want what we don't have. But the thing is, is I I think I agree with you, Carl, though. Like, I am 100% happier today than I was when I was 15 years old. And I would not wish to go back to when I was 15 years old. I don't know. I just, I think people just long for things that just aren't there anymore sometimes. I'm certainly a person that could be accused of spending way too much time being nostalgic and thinking about the past and, and, and dredging things up. And, you know, I mean, for enjoyment, I mean, I had some trials and tribulations and I, you know, had some dark times and there were times when I couldn't figure things out and I was depressed and I was, you know, kind of stuck in the grief process. And there's a whole bunch of psychological factors associated with my past that I wouldn't care to go back to. But for the most part, if you're mindful and if you stay in the present, you can look back in retrospect and say to yourself, I, I've had a good life. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm okay. But let's, so we, but then we talked to, um, we did. She answered our questions of the week. Uh oh. Man, that's a professional. That sounds professional. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get to know her a little bit better? Because we did ask her to tell us about herself. Hello. I am Bronte Fall. I am an indie pop Americana artist out of Nashville. Um, I started in Chicago. And the basis of my name, Bronte Fall, it is a poem by Emily Bronte about the fall. It's all about embracing the fall and the winter and the darker seasons and finding the beauty in the darker seasons. And I feel like that's what I try to do with art. And that's what most people try to do with art. They take their broken hearts and turn them into art. And I just love the story of the Bronte sisters because they were these Gothic writers in the mid 1800s. And 
back then they were three sisters and back then women couldn't be authors. They literally tried to publish books and the publisher wrote back saying women are not allowed to be authors. So they changed their names to male names and that's how they got their books published. And now their books are some of the most famous in the world today, 150 years plus later. And I just also like that their books weren't like, they weren't like Jane Eyre and Pride and Prejudice. Sorry, I'm getting really, really book nerdy here. But I like that they were like gothic and dark and strange. And I just feel like that's kind of liberating for women. Yeah, you know, I didn't know that. I didn't know that women, you know, you guys. I like book nerdy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I do I'm too. I'm a book nerdy thing. Um, Jane Austen, you're talking about. I, I can't read Jane Austen. I hate to say it. I don't, I don't love the language, but, but I get it. Um, I like that period. I like the gothic period. And I like the Edwardian writing yeah but you guys yeah i gotta admit you know like women have been like just persecuted man since even from the guys back is the bible man so bad i'm sorry for you guys well i think it's really interesting that she kind of took that time period of emily bronte and her sisters the fact that when they persevered even though they had to use a male name i like the way that she says she likes to take that darker time not time period but just darker things and turn them into art and the you know i mean in that period of time too it's if you had something that you needed to say or if you wanted uh, if you wanted to create art the work by its nature was subversive because you weren't supposed to be able to do it right so i i think it, i i think it's a cool a cool thing to celebrate the idea that this is radical and this is subversive and it's something I want to create. Here, listen to this. Yeah. yeah. So the next question that we asked her is, what are you working on right now? Right now, I'm really working on pushing these new singles. I am full speed ahead into release mode. So it's really just working on content and working with my little team to enable everything goes smoothly. The singles that she is putting out over the next couple of months, they all lead to her EP Winter, which should be out, I believe, either in January or February. And all of these songs that are releasing over the next couple of months lead into that, which I think is pretty cool. So Indiana, we just heard, mm-hmm. is um, is already out. He's already out. And then- Outsmart Love is released- Today. Today, when this podcast has been released Friday. Mm-hmm. And then she's got three or four more singles that'll be released over the next couple of weeks in, into the new year. One of the things they're doing correctly, and I've been thinking about this a lot, I'm taking for, I mentioned in last week's podcast that uh, I'm taking a couple months off as far as my work in the music industry is concerned. And I've been thinking a lot about some different approaches for the new year for people that I may or may not work with. And I was looking, uh, they have a good video. They have a nice representation of something other than the music, the content. There's some interview footage out there on YouTube where she's telling the story of, of, of the band and the origins and I think that's super important now, the idea that people are going to cease to become musicians and recording artists, and they're just going to be media artists. They're going to be creating and putting forth their ideas and their art in a lot of different mediums. And so more power to them. So the next question that we asked her was, what other music artists have inspired your career so far? 
Oh gosh, there are so many. I'd say some of the pop writers in the last 10 years who've really inspired me are John Mayer and Taylor Swift, Sarah Bareilles, some of the country writers. Miranda Lambert, I think is incredible. I really love Casey Musgraves. Growing up, I really liked Sheryl Crow and Bonnie Raitt, played classical music, and I sang in a rock band. So I sang, and um, this is in high school and college, but I sang The Cranberries and No Doubt Gwen Stefani, and I played violin along to like Weezer and OAR. So those were definitely influences growing up. But yeah, there's so, so many, you know, I feel like our music taste evolves and um, they're all part of us. I think it's funny that we were talking about Taylor Swift today and that's one of her influences, but mm-hmm. also the mm-hmm. fact that John Mayer has come up more times yeah, in the last I, you know, again, few no months offense, than we No offense count. to him. I don't John get, Mayer is the Beatles of the uh, I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, he, evidently. He's a good looking guy, plays good guitar, his voice is kind of cool, but... You know, his first album was kind of interesting, but and then he has that Wonderland. So I, I don't know enough about him, but I don't. I never thought he was that prolific. You know, I, I think maybe lyrically, because she was talking about writers. Maybe it's more like the lyrics and how he writes songs that people really like are inspired by him. But I thought it was interesting that she was in a classical music band and like she kind of took a twist on that and played more like rock pop instead of the true classical stuff while she was in it. Every time I see somebody playing violin or hear it in a uh, in a in a pop setting, I always think back to the '70s when I was totally obsessed with these records made by this violinist named Jean Lepante. Yeah, but he, but again, he wasn't classical. No, no, he was like a kind of a jazz guy. Right, right. But he also ended up playing on things like Honky Chateau and, well, you know. Yeah, he, those guys, yeah. He played on a lot of pop and rock records in the 70s. I'm trying to think of the name of the act. And if somebody out there listening can email this to us, the name of the act that featured violin, uh, and it was a prog rock act. And I believe that Rick Wakeman played in it for a while. So I I don't remember. I want to say Avalanche or something, but who knows? Did we have one more question? We did, and it's our favorite question. Is it our favorite question? I mean, it it is. But it's what does a successful music career look like to you? My favorite question is, are we done? (laughs) Almost, Carl. We are almost done. Let's see. see What's the question again? Uh, It's what does a successful music career look like to you? Honestly, this is a question I've asked myself a lot in the last few years. I think what's interesting, when I was in my 20s, I'm not in my 20s anymore, but when I was in my 20s, I feel like I had this very idealistic and somewhat naive perspective that, you know, I was going to like take over the music world. You know, I was going to reach for the stars and like land on Pluto. Like I was going to just win Grammys. And that's what success was to me, playing arenas and winning Grammys. And now I know how hard it is and the years go by and the music and the money. (laughs) And I think my goal right now, I would love to be able to make a living playing music because right now, you know, I'm supplementing it with the odd jobs. And I would love, I think success is making a living as a musician, period, the end. I mean, comfortable would be amazing. Living comfortably as a musician would be completely amazing. And and what does that mean? That means touring and playing shows and packing rooms all over the country. 
but yeah, it's a tough question. What is what is success to an artist? That's a tough question. Very, very honest. What she's talking about, I think you both have said this many times, but the dream of being a rock star, I think, is almost dead in the eyes of current music artists because they realize just how yeah, they're just they're just trying to be trying to be humble. I, I think <laughs> let me tell you something. Back everybody still wants to be famous if you can do it. You know, and like and, and saying that you want to be bigger than the Beatles is okay. You know, we all say that. You know, Brian Epstein used to tell everybody they're gonna be bigger than Elvis. And I guarantee back then a billion bands said that. Except mm-hmm. they just happen to be the one that did, mm-hmm. you know. So and you know, so they're and 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 Madonna is saying I'm going to be bigger than you ever, and they were. So you know, I think it's okay to aspire to the heights. Why not? But you know, but then the odds are, sadly though, they're not going to. There's so many variables involved in being successful. And let me tell you something, people. This is my belief. It's talent is is not even. of it. Talent is 30% of the success or talent is 30% of becoming famous. I used to think when I was starting out that my talent would out, you know, that I didn't realize it was about relationships, luck, smooths, all these different things, branding, so much stuff. You know, talent was almost the least of it in some ways, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I've been thinking a lot about it because, as I said, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to come up with some novel ways to help people in 2022. I don't know. I think that through the years, I've recognized that you can reach a certain level of notoriety. You can become a certain level of famous, and five years later, people don't know who you are. I think that that I think that happens a lot in today's right. in today's business. The Paul McCartney you know? careers are so rare. The Rod Stewart's, where you have a fifty-year career. The Mick Jaggers, the rock star stuff is rare. It's becoming rare. But the it's almost like the fifteen minutes of fame is kind of where everyone is at right now. I've said this before. Like you know, yeah. I loved the Monkees. They rivaled the Beatles back in '66, '67. You know. Peter Tork was like as big as Paul McCartney. You know, before he died a few years ago, I could have went down to the village and knocked on his door and, hey, Peter, what's going on? Well, exactly. I mean, and, you know, Mickey Dolenz, who's had, uh, by all accounts, an extraordinary career, half of the people in America, he could be their Uber driver and they wouldn't know who he was. So, yeah. um, So, yeah, fame's a weird thing. David Cassidy. Famous Cassidy. Cassidy is another one. You know, know, but so, I don't know. So, so what are we saying, Greg? So what are we saying? What we're saying is, you know, don't chase the fame. Don't chase the fame. Don't chase the fortune. You know, enjoy your life. Create. Put it out there. Send it to us for the podcast. What I do know is you cannot worry about trying to be anything. I don't think you can worry about the scale of the thing, right? You hear George Harrison talk about the Beatles. You see David Bowie. And you, so many people, they didn't know they were going to be that big. It just happened because they just hit, hit something, hit a note, and, and it worked. I think what, what I think kind of what keeps you your longevity is if you have the talent to sustain it. You, that's where the talent comes in, I think. You know, getting there is like, that's half of that's just luck. Anyway, we've been babbling for a while. 
You want to get out of this episode? All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. For everything that we spoke about and links to items, please go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to you all later. 